Hey there guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter. This week we are talking about risk management, probably one of the most important things in the current environment. We're gonna talk about using stop losses, we're gonna talk about how you can insure your shares. Yes, you can insure your shares just like you do your car. We're also gonna be looking at having a more flexible strategy than what perhaps most people have had as they've seen markets really decimate portfolio values. Hope you enjoy the show, look forward to seeing you in there. Hey there guys, and welcome to the Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider, Mr. Mitchell Rachel. Mr. Baxter, how are you today, my friend? Great, thank you. Absolutely, and we're talking about an even better topic. Um, the thing we're covering today is something that people often forget, mm. and it's the mistake that can be quite costly in their trading plan, and that is the importance of risk management. Wow, risk management, very topical right now with the way that we've seen markets perform. And, you know, part of the risk for people, of course, isn't just the fall that we've seen in markets, but it's also missing out on the recovery while they're sort of sitting under the bed with a comfort blanket wondering what went wrong. So, big topic to cover. Absolutely, and I think in these current market conditions, we were in a bull market for almost seven years, roughly. Mm. People think, oh, you know, I don't need the stop loss, I don't need any exit strategies, and when that tanks, what do you do? Because sometimes, in certain situations, your shares might even be worth half. Mm. And as you say always, all big losses were once small losses. Brilliant quote, love it. Okay, so let's put a bit of a framework around this. There's probably a couple of areas we can look at uh, to help people when it comes to uh, risk management. And do you know something, probably the biggest risk of all is actually the risk you're unaware of. Uh, and for many, many people, it was probably the savage pace uh, of the sell-down that we've seen in markets. And so, you know, if you're in a superannuation fund, for example, you're going to see a fair dent uh, on what the value of your fund is. If you're someone that's in direct shares, even more obvious. So I guess we can walk through and look at maybe two or three different ways that people can mitigate risk and certainly the way that we mitigate risk for our clients and how we mitigate it for ourselves as professional traders too. And the starting point, as always, comes back to something called a stop loss. Now, a stop loss is one of those things that a lot of people are tired of hearing. And I reckon my epitaph, when they put me in the ground at whatever time that might be, I'll be <laughs> kicking the lid off the coffin saying, make sure you've got a stop loss. It'll be my parting words to the planet. Absolutely. And, and, and I can't stress that enough. I mean, I've been telling people that for 18, 20 years now while I've been teaching them. I've been doing it for nearly 30 years. And it's what keeps me and my money safe. And for people that listen, my clients, it keeps their money safe too. So it's very important. So what is a stop loss? Um, a stop loss is a level that you set if the share price moves against you. So let's say you've got a long position, you bought some shares. Uh, let's say it was flight center at $32. Oh. And uh, you've said to yourself, look, okay, there's a risk on this kind of trade. And to be fair, the flight center its business was struggling way before coronavirus. Um, and if the share price starts to drop and hits $29, I'm getting out. Uh, and by doing that, what you've done is cop the hit on the chin now, um, but you've avoided holding a stock that's now worth $9 and change. So that ability to bite the bullet, and, uh, and as you say, all big losses did used to be small ones. Having that, like taking some bark off and living to fight another day is, is, is so critically important. Now there are some simple rules around stop losses. It's a little more tricky when it comes to where to place them, and maybe we'll talk about that too, but my suggestion to people in the way that I teach them is that if you're going to set a stop loss, set that stop loss up before you get into the trade. Absolutely. Mm, because what it'll do is remove 
some of the emotion for you from it because once you own something, and psychologists call this the endowment effect, once as soon as you own something, um, you see it being worth more than what it's actually worth. A good example that would be trying to sell a second-hand car. You know, it's, it's got special rims and you have like a nice picnic by the creek with the girlfriend and propose, whatever it might be. Um, it's got special memories, therefore the car has more value than it actually has. Now, of course, when you go and meet someone that's uh, looking to buy it, they'll kick the tires and point out everything that's wrong with it. Because you've got an emotional attachment, you value it differently, and it's the same with shares. So in that instance, before even buying the shares, I always work on what my exit strategy is, should things go wrong, and of course, what to do if they go right. Um, now, how do you go about putting a stop on? Um, these days with trading platforms, we certainly can with uh, the, the, the multi-award winning platform that we run. Uh, that is, um, it's an order, it sits in the market, it's done automatically, so you don't have to look at it every day. Now, back many years ago, uh, in my earlier time in, uh, in this industry, we used to have call levels where a client would say, look, Mitch, if the share price of flights only gets to 29 bucks, give me a call. We give you a call and say, what do you want to do? We say, oh, just keep an eye on it. If it hits 25, let me know, and then we'll do something. And all you've done is exacerbated your loss by not taking action early. And for anyone listening to this, you know, obviously what we've seen with the coronavirus crash, and it's been a bona fide crash, um, you know, well, that's all well and good knowing that now. But that's the thing, if only I'd known about this a year ago, how different my financial circumstances might have been. This is crucial information to know and to apply. Uh, and you know, quite often times, and it's an overused quote, um, but people often believe what we don't know can't hurt us. Uh, and not knowing about a stock has cost people an awful lot of money, percentage-wise, dollar-wise, lifestyle-wise, the fact that they're gonna probably be working for four or five years and you get the naysayers and say, don't worry, it'll go back up. And sure it will if you get back to where you were before. I'd rather have been out and buying back in and making all that profit on the way back up. Absolutely. Just to, just to nullify that ridiculous argument, because it is a ridiculous argument. If you hold them for long enough, they recover. We think about it, it's not just the cost of the loss. I mean, if you're waiting for it to return back to its level, it's the opportunity cost of what you could be doing with that money. It's a really important topic. And I know you and I have spoken plenty of times and even mentioned it in one of our podcasts of having that helicopter view mm -hmm. that before you even take the trade, you've got your exit strategy both in profit and in loss. It removes emotion and it makes sure if it hits that level, you're out, done, take your back ball, go home, mm -hmm. learn the lesson and go again. Absolutely. You, you, you have to do that. And it sounds um, really quite brutal and it is, but it's unemotional. And this key, and we talked previously about emotional control, you have to have that in terms of uh, being able to make decisions that are right in terms of what's right for your money, not right for your emotions, because they'll cloud everything up. So having a stop, now some basic things might say 5%. Terrible way of doing using a fixed percentage, it's a very amateurish way, but it's better than nothing. Absolutely. So you might say, okay, force 5%, I'll get out. Using technical levels below support and resistance, and for those people that have looked at charts, they'll know those terms if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, do yourself a favor, hit us up on social media, whether it's on Instagram, uh, or whether it's uh, or through our Facebook page, Australian Investment Education, or our website, we've got a whole bunch of free information we can put in front of to teach you that. And then there are some more sophisticated techniques that we teach our clients and that we use um, that give us that ability to massage a stop through. But the bottom line, the headline here is you must always have a stop loss non-negotiable. And if you did, um, you'd be in a far better position right now than you would have been uh, by going down with the ship and hoping that things will cover. For sure. And I think any good trader realistically needs to sign a mental contract for themselves that they're going to have stop loss on every trade. Yeah. Now there's a second, a second method of almost like a synthetic stop loss through the use of put options. Mm. Now we specifically specialize in the coaching of call options, covered calls, but we also use put options as a synthetic stop loss. So can you explain to us how that kind of works? Okay. 
So the best way to think about buying a put option is like buying insurance on your car. So let's say your car's insured for 40 grand, and heaven forbid something happens, somebody T-bones you and your car gets written off. So the value of the car was worth 40 grand, now it's worth 250 bucks scrap value only. <laughs> um, the insurance company after some paperwork will give you a check for 40 grand to go and buy another car. Sure. We actually can do exactly the same thing with shares. A lot of people don't know you can do that. And again, what you don't know can't hurt you. It's been such an expensive mindset for so, so many people. Um, so in this instance, what we do, let's say you bought BHP at $32 and you're worried that it's going to fall. You can insure your shares for 32 bucks. It's going to be quite expensive to do that. Or you can insure them for $30. Now, I'd probably suggest having a little bit of a lower level of insurance for the simple reason it's cheaper. And think about the insurance terms, the difference between buying the stock for 32 and having it insured at 30, that's kind of like your, your excess on your insurance. You make a claim, you've got to pay a little bit out and then you get the balance paid up from the insurance, but your policy is cheaper than if you want a zero excess policy. Sure. Right? So this is about weighing up the commercials for people. It's not just a question of having insurance. You buy that put option. If the stock tanks, you get the right at any time through the life of that insurance policy to go to the market and say, hey, I just want my money back. I don't want to plan anymore. And I know that sounds incredibly simple, because it is. And that's exactly how put options work. Now, of course, there are some nuances in terms of uh, how expensive to insure your shares for and how long to insure them for and, and whether you're getting good value for money with your insurance that you're paying for it. But bottom line is, that's how you are doing it. Using a put option is a terrific way of having, and this is a hugely important word, a guaranteed stop loss. Absolutely. That means rain, hail, shine, you are guaranteed to get your insurance payout. And that is crucially important again in today's world. And I see so many people uh, moping around and uh, you know, I get people I know socially going, oh, you know, blah, 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 what do I do now? And it's like, well, the problem is, it's like anything, Mitch, it's much easier to repair, it's, it's much easier to maintain something than it is to repair it. Because when it's repaired, you gotta repair it, busted. If you're maintaining it, you're ensuring that it stays on track and your investments are something that you do have to maintain, which you know, a lot of people like that buy and hold, put the shares in the bottom drawer, see what happens. That's not maintaining. That's exposing that hard-earned money that you work so hard for to um, risk of, of not stewarding it properly. You've got to keep an eye on these things. One of the big things I'm a fan of for people once a month at the maximum, probably weekly, if not daily, in terms of some of the strategies that we work, have a date with your money. I know it sounds a bit quirky and we're not going to get candles out and have a glass of wine here. <laughs> but sit down and actually look at what your investments are doing and, and understand so there's no nasty surprise two years down the track. And you know, as times become quite volatile in markets, buying some insurance, buying some puts would be a pretty smart thing to do. And we've had clients that have done that, done it ourselves. Uh, and it makes an awful lot of sense. There's no point crying about it now. It's already done. Sure. And I think, I mean, if you put it into perspective, it's, you know, we've bought the house, mm -hmm. which is the asset. You know, what we do is specialize in selling call options. Mm. So we've got a tenant in there paying mm. us rent. Mm. And then we've also insured the house. And if the value drops, we can sell it for Absolutely. a predetermined value. It's, it's a really quite simple concept. You buy your asset, you have someone paying the rent in there, and you have it insured. Yeah. It makes so much sense. It makes sense, but sometimes people just, you know, common sense isn't so common. think, well, there's got to be a catch. And there really is none with that. And that whole notion of, of protecting your position, again, is, is massively important because it's a sleep at night factor. And so many people stress about money. They stress about their investments. And, and this is one of those things that eliminates all of that stress. Now, at the end of the year, you might go, well, look, I didn't need to make a claim on my insurance. So let me ask you a question. You know, at the end of the year, 
when you've had a year without having an accident and your car and no insurance claims, do you mope around the house going, oh gee, I didn't make an insurance claim, I'm so cranky that I don't have to make an insurance claim? Yeah, that's the price of peace of mind. You pay for safety. Yeah, now we can help you offset that cost of peace of mind through some of the jiggery pokery we do in the options market. So yeah, it's possible to get free insurance. Absolutely. People to do that. Mm. Now, what about, you know, putting almost in a ribbon around that, the third type of risk management, and that's not necessarily with a stop loss or a put option, it's more with diversification of strategies. Mm. I mean, you and I both know there are a multitude of investment strategies out there that you can apply to the stock market and the options market. What can you know new traders or just experienced traders do to explicitly manage their risk through diversification? Gee, that's a good question, isn't it? And normally when people talk about diversification, that's a really smart question, good on you. Um, normally when people talk about diversification, they talk about either holding different type, different shares or different asset classes of property, bonds, cash, shares, unlisted securities, and so on. What we're talking about here is having a very, very nimble and flexible approach to your actual investments in the stock market. And if we can think about it, you know, Buy and hold is the approach that most people have. They buy shares and they intend to profit from them as they go up in value. Clearly, they don't always go up in value. So if that's your stock market strategy, what you're kind of doing is forcing a strategy on market conditions that are so manifestly not suitable to that strategy, it's crazy. And it's like kind of owning one outfit. So it doesn't matter whether it's pouring down with rain, it's snowing, it's blowing a gale, or it's 40 degrees, you wear the same outfit all the time. Not, not my thing. Wouldn't be yours. I mean, I know you're a bit of a glamour course. <laughs> uh, looking very sharp today, I might add. You too. Um, the, yeah, but that notion of just having one outfit that you wear all the time is crazy. Uh, you know, I'm going to a wedding, I'm repairing the car, mowing the lawn, same outfit. It's a nonsense. Yet most people's investment strategy when it comes to the stock market is one outfit, we buy shares, maybe we're holding for dividend, but we hope they go crazy because weather conditions change just as market conditions too. So you've got to have that ability to dive into the kit bag and pull out something else. You're in the wardrobe and say, it's raining, I'll put a wet raincoat on, or it's freezing cold, I'll put my ski jacket on, or whatever the case may be. You've got to have access to those things if you want to survive and enjoy the conditions that you're in. Yeah, you go to the beach wearing a set of ski gear on a summer's day, it's not going to be much fun, but if you're there in a nice pair of Villabraquin board shorts and you're having a nice paddle around the water, it's going to be great because you've got the appropriate kit for the conditions you're in. Vice versa, on the snow slopes in board is no fun either. You've got to have the right gear for that. Trading and investing is the same. So most people, as I say, with this buy and hold mindset, we operate on average about nine strategies. Now, there are many more. I've probably got about 15 or 18 in the kit bag. And some of them are special situations ones, so we won't take up our time talking about something you used once in the blue moon. But what we can do is operate and say, okay, we're in a volatile market, we've seen a sell-off, so we've had short trades profiting from a falling market, which is so tricky for your everyday investor to get their head around that you can actually profit from that. We've had trades on that have been very, very good profitable trades in that falling market. Then we've switched gear and said, okay, we're now in a bear market rally, like a dead cat bounce, the market's come down, it's hit the ground, it's had a bounce up, which was expected, and we've talked of this quite significantly. Um, how long has that got to run in it? I don't know, I don't happen to have my crystal ball here today. But what I do know is you make hay while the sun shines, but in order to maintain risk, you start to crank down the time frame of trades that you're looking at. So we've taken a regular strategy, um, covered calls, which we run for four to six weeks, and we're operating that over five or six days. Crazy. And we're pulling out four or five percent on trades for five or six days for people. But we can do that in these market conditions. Perfect. And it's not that hard. No. By having a shorter time frame exposure, you're reducing your overall exposure to market risk. 
you're going in and getting massive premium because volatility is quite high right now and, and it's making four or five day covered calls work very, very nicely. That's one strategy. We've got spreads running and we just had one of our clients, um, David, uh, Mr. Zohar, just uh, talking earlier today about putting on a bull foot spread. Perfect strategy for what he's looking to do. It involves a very small amount of capital. It's a one month trade. He'll bank around, I think from the numbers he sent through this morning, around about 19% on that trade. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, over, over about 30 days, but the risk is contained on that. You know, a lot of people listening to this have done necessarily have a familiarity with these strategies. You go, to make 19%, man, you must be taking heaps of risk. Not at all. This is a boxed in trade where before he even hits the go button, he knows what his maximum risk can be. And he's profiting from that run up in the market. Equally, when the market starts to get a bit toppy and pull back down again, which we've seen on a few stocks over the last day or so, we can then put in play a strategy that capitalizes on that short term move down. Not a bearish strategy per se, but a very, very lucrative option strategy. And then everything in between. Now, when volatility starts to fall away and things settle down, so I think we've got another leg down, so maybe having more bearish positions will come in, we can then reach into the bag and say, okay, I don't know if it's going to go up or down today. Now, people listen to this and say, well, we're the experts. What do we do if you don't know whether it's going to go up or down? Well, we've actually got a strategy that we use very specifically for that. If we feel a company is definitely going to move, say, around its earnings, uh, when it announces its profit for the quarter, but we don't know whether that's going to be a good or bad announcement, so we want to kind of have a bet each way on it. We've got a strategy for that too. You know, if you've got shares that are worth less than what you paid for them, and I hope you don't, and if you've taken on board the early part of this podcast, we're having stops uh, in play, it should have prevented that from happening. But if you own shares uh, that are worth less than what you paid for them, we've got a strategy we call stock repair. Now that lets you get back to break even. Now you might go, mm. break even, I've lost money, you know, I haven't made money. But for a lot of people right now that are underwater, break even would actually be a win for them. And so without putting any new money in and it's not averaging down, and just letting time do its thing with some of the magic that we're able to do with options. We're able to bring your price down, your break-even price down, so that even with a fairly small move up in the stock price, you're able to walk away um, at at least a break-even level. That's called stock repair. That's just another one that's in the bag. So the key thing about diversification, you've got to have access to those strategies. Now, I've been doing this for nearly 30 years. Of course, I've got access to all these strategies, and we teach our clients these so that they can be empowered and perhaps most importantly, be flexible to not force one strategy on a market, not to be looking out the window and going, actually, it doesn't matter what the weather's doing, I'm wearing the same outfit, and you're going to come home soaked to the bone, wet and cold, as opposed to being nice and dry, going that place in a nice walk outside. And that's what, to me, risk management is all about, is making sure the strategy that you're using actually fits the conditions of the market that you're trying to trade. Trying to buy and hold in this market, you'd have rocks in your head to do that right now because all it is is risk on. And, and if you haven't got stops in play as well, you're really leaving yourself massively exposed to considerable downside. And I'd hate for people to find themselves in that position. That's, that's why we do these broadcasts. Absolutely. And I know you and I both get really a, a lot of joy out of helping people do this. I mean, I think people forget there's so much you can do out there, specifically in the options market with some of these strategies. Mm. But even just simply doing something as, as simple as insuring your shares through put options. Mm. Now let's put a ribbon around that finally, and let's you know let's do our final call to action. So you know if you're uncertain about what kind of risk management tool is best for you and your risk profile, hmm. what would you suggest doing? How do you find that out? Look, we'd love the opportunity to have a chat with you um, because there is no one size fits all. It's clearly people have got different experience, different amounts of money, uh, different risk appetites, and we can tailor something 
that's going to fit you. Um, we've got a lot of experience doing that. We're licensed to do that. We have a, a number of um, you know, divisions within our business that can do it. How to do that? Easiest way of reaching out to us, as I said earlier, social media, hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, which is Australian Investment Education. Um, if you want to hit us up on Instagram, Money and Investing, uh, reach out to us on our website, australianinvestmenteducation.com.au, and say, hey, can I get some information on your stocks or buying insurance? And we'd love the opportunity to walk you through exactly how that works. I think that would be a great starting point for most people. And I think, you know, you'll be blown away once you start to peel this onion and see what's inside it and, and, and go, man, there is actually, this stuff is real, it is going on. You know, you look back at the last month at some of the returns that clients have had. Yeah, we're in a, uh, the March month for most people in the stock market are down in Australia at least 20%, which is, which is terrible. And we've got clients that are posting 26, 28, 33, 75% gain over the month. And a lot of people go, oh, parasites or vultures or bad people from profiting from people's misery. No, they're not. They're just everyday people that made a decision to get educated. Yeah, we're in the money and investing space, and the best investment anyone will ever make Mitch, is in themselves and learning what to do. These guys stepped out of their comfort zone and did learn what to do, and they've been paid handsomely for it. The only people that are shouting them down and calling them parasites and vultures are people that perhaps haven't taken that leap of faith, have been closed to the opportunity to learn more, or are those people that are just jealous of other people's success. Now, that's not fair calling someone a parasite if that's your baggage that you carry around. This is an opportunity that anybody can do, and we've given you an opportunity to do that. Register, it's free. Would you love the opportunity to teach you? And you'll be blown away where it can take you. And that's the real world that we live in. Absolutely. And I think anyone, you know, for anyone on the, on the losing side, you need to be gracious in defeat. And, you know, there's a difference between being a victim and a victor and making the decision to be the victor. And that first step, is investing in yourself. 100%. You know, we've talked about risk today, and I would say the biggest risk in this marketplace right now is doing nothing and hoping that something changes because we are going to go through a very tricky period economically. We've got government policy that's bouncing around left, right, and centre to try and placate uh, various um, interest groups, uh, but the money isn't behind it to really get us out of what we need. So it's going to be very, very difficult out there. It's never been more important for people to be able to manage risk and to create their own ending to the story that they want. And it can be a happy ending. Even if this market continues to go down and people go, ha ha, I'm glad I'm not in the stock market. Anyone that says that's a fool because they're looking through the wrong lenses. And if you were some of our guys that have made 30, 40, 50, 70% for the month, ha ha, the stock market's gone down as you beauty. And let's see what happens when it does it next. Exactly. And that's the ability to be flexible and do that. So yeah, don't be jaded. Don't think this is for the big end of town. Our clients are everyday people. They're just like you that's listening into this. Um, they're everyday people that have just made a decision to get educated and by being educated, they've learned how to manage risk. Stops, buy insurance, flexible strategies, and guess what? They've made money before. Easy as that. AB, thank you very much for sharing your expertise here. I'm sure there's plenty of good content out there for out there for our viewers. Once again, we'll see that, see these guys in the next episode. We certainly will. Thanks very much, Mitch. Appreciate it. So there you have it, guys. That is risk management. Feel free, please leave us a rating, uh, give us a review. Very, very important to get the message out there. We look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast.